Never underestimate the things you can do. So the steps in between that, that's what I'm great at. Sometimes you have to do it, and then you got to do it again just to show them, like, hey, this first time, it wasn't just that I got lucky. Because I don't feel like I'm a very organized person. I love LeBron's business acumen. Phenomenal. And uh, I, I think you said something very profound. Andre and I have been doing these podcasts, but I like to list when I hear something that I've never heard before. And and please correct me if I misquote you. You said you get one lifetime, but you get to live every day. With all these different experiences, say from your England experience, your your insurance, your sports activities, and now you have about maybe nine, ten years in the real estate. If you were to just look in the mirror and say, I'm David and my, my superpower is, what is your superpower? What is it that gives you that courage to say, I'm going to pivot this, this day when I wake up, I'm pivoting because I got the what that I know I'm going to be successful or, or maybe yeah, what was what was that superpower that gave you that gumption that says, you know what, just jump into this thing that you've never done because you were doing insurance for 15, 17 years. Jump into this real estate because you've been doing the sports things for 10 years. And what, how did you know you were going to land softly? Um, that's a good question. I, 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 I thought about that for a lot over my years. And what I realized, the thing that I'm really good at is I am not an ideal idea generator. I'm not the type of guy who would be sitting there and I'm so creative that I'm sitting here like, oh, you know, I can create a, this iPhone or I can I can create this whole new product. I was never that type of guy. But what I could do was I'm an in-process guy. I can take somebody from a concept and actually develop something else. So the steps in between that, that's what I'm great at. I can, somebody could come and say, hey, I have this idea. How do I get this to be original? How can I get this to actually be part of the world? And those are the things that I understood that I can do, that I can take myself and people just from some idea. I didn't create the idea, but I can go through the path work to help understand how do we get for this to be here. And I think that's what I did with my life, right? There were there were times when things happened, and so many people told me I couldn't do whatever it is that I wanted to do. So many times that sometimes you have to do it, and then you got to do it again just to show them, like, hey, this first time it wasn't just that I got lucky, right? You know, what I mean, sometimes you got to do it twice just to prove to right. them, hey, these yeah. I can do these things if, if you know, regardless of what you think. You know, so I know what I'm doing. I, exactly. I know what I'm doing. And I think those yeah. moments, you know, I, I, I get that chip on my shoulder and, and I'm like, oh, you're telling me I can't do something. And I think through and, and now is it a straight path? Absolutely not. You always mm. have issues. There's always something that comes There's you get diverted at points in times. And then, you know, you 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 figure out what you're, how to get over that, that, that roadblock or you go around or you do something. 
But for the mm-hmm. most part, I know how to bring things together to make that Wait, process work. I'm an in-process type of person. Or your in-processing skills or your ability to see something to its closure is your superpower. I can't say organization because I don't feel like I'm a very organized person. I don't feel like I'm a very organized thinker, you know, or at least like <laughs> like if you see in my office, you'd be like, oh, he ain't organized at all, <laughs> right? So, but I think in my thinking, <clears throat> I organize my thoughts in a. I, I'm good at compartmentalizing, right? So what I can do is, I'm a ten, five, three year thinker. I don't necessarily think about today always. My head is what I need to do five years from now, three years from now. What are the things I need to put in place so those things happen? I think that's what makes me. I I, I mean good investor. I think my investor mentality is the fact that I'm okay with a, a reward in the future than a reward every day. So I think more of in the future. I don't I don't necessarily think about no, I, you know I, getting through my next eight to twelve hours. No, I, I like you that. Know, I'm thinking about I'm getting my next five to ten years. Because you, you, I like the you way know. you broke it down from ten three five or ten five three. But here we are, David Graves. Now, what would you say to David twenty five years from now? If you it, go into the vents, because that's taking you outside of your ten year comfort zone by fifteen years. Twenty five years from now, when you talk to David, mm-hmm. what would David say? I'm so glad. I'm most happy. Uh, my superpower enabled me to do this, or my empire, or what? 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 What would that conversation be with you with yourself five years from now? I would say take more chances. Um, the the best thing I did, and I can't even say it was only 10, 15 years. The best thing I did is the day I started working with my company in corporate America was the day I started planning for retirement. So I didn't hold off on investing in my 401k or doing I As soon as I was able to, I immediately started investing in that. So I'm already thinking, you figure – being 23, 24 at the time, I'm already thinking about 65 and what it looks like at 65 and, and like, trying not to depend on income. So that helped me understanding about compound interest and, you know, what you do over a course of a time. So that I would say. But there were opportunities probably that because I was so conservative that I would have – I would have took that leap a little sooner to do some of the things I'm doing now, you know, maybe get, get into property because I find it so much fulfilling. I didn't have to wait for my 10 year career sports career to get over with, to get into property. I could have been buying one or two along the way and I would have been a lot further ahead or, or not. But cause you know, 2008 housing crisis did housing crash that happened. But, you know, I could, yeah. I could have been doing that, but I didn't. It, everything led to something else, and then there was another pivot is the reason why I got into what I am. So I would say I would just yeah. I would be investing more and taking more chances instead of just always being that conservative, save, 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 put a little bit out there, but make sure you're saving. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? One thing stands out. 
David, in terms of what I see as one of the keys to your success is that you're, you're super realistic in terms of knowing your strengths and weaknesses. I heard you say that, you know, I'm not the most organized person, but I can do this. I, I, I'm not skilled at this, but I can do that. I don't know how many times I've spoken to someone that I know and they're telling me about some area they want to go into or some strength that they perceive they have. I'm thinking, I don't know how I should tell this guy, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's not your strength. You know, that's not what you do. Because, you know, being realistic about what your strengths and weaknesses are allows you to move forward at a faster clip, you know, to be to be more efficient in, in achieving your goals. So I just want to put that out there. Something else that comes to mind is, you know, we, you and I connected through Kev. That's how we first met. Network is key. You mentioned yourself, you know, one of the ways you got into sports is that you, you came across someone that you kind of met, you guys realize you had a lot in common and, and, and the rest is history. So networking is key. So as you think about networking, think about a meal. It could be a barbecue. It could be a dinner whatever. Three people, three key people that you would invite, dead or alive, that oh. you feel what you, you could glean a lot from. And who, who would those three key people be, dead or alive? Oh, that's a tough one. <clears throat> And this could change in six months. Yeah, just today. Just today. Yeah, yeah. Just today. Um, I would say business wise. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to kind of like meet Warren Buffett. Mm. And see how he had the foresight at such a young age to do the investing because you know I was turned on to investing in the stock market at a really young age. However. He when he did it, he really got into it and he really fell in love with it. And he so what was his love for it? Because there was one point I thought I was like I thought I was gonna be on Wall Street too. I think that's why the whole financial career kind of sat well with me is because I'm like wait a minute, you know you're if you're investing and you're doing people's portfolios, then you're working around the market. So when that guy came in at his 11th grade, he's like yeah you know I'm a financial planner to you know celebrities i'm like oh so he sets up their financial portfolios you know he has some securities mutual funds you know some life products so there was a whole package there that i was really into so i, I would say someone somebody like uh warren buffett i'm not a huge lebron basketball guy but i love lebron's business acumen and i love the fact that he found a way to collectively bring all his friends, his childhood friends around and employ them and to empower them and to build something where not only did he benefits, but everyone around him benefits. And I love that energy. And I just like to talk to him and get into his psyche and figure out why that was important to him because I have those same interests, right? I have a, I have this, I, I'm, I'm a community person and I'm always willing to share with other community members of like-minded individuals. And I'm always willing to learn from like-minded individuals because they have something to offer too. So I would love to sit, sit at the table with somebody like LeBron and not about basketball, you know, even though, yeah, I was in sports, but I would love to just and see who his mentors were, who were the people who said, Hey, 
You're about to get all this money. But it's not about having the money. It's what you do with it. And what got him excited about bringing the people around him and how he negotiates that amongst people. And, you know, one thing is I, I get conflicts, personal interest conflicts. And how does he manage all that when you got these, when people are pulling on you and he still found a way to bring all his loved ones and his associates and his, his childhood friends to mm. build all the stuff that he built. Now he's a billionaire, right? So mm. I would, I would, I would like to, I wouldn't mind sitting at the table with somebody like him. Um, I think the third individual would probably be somebody like Jay Z, mm. right? Somebody who came from maybe similar background as I did. And was able to propel himself to the legitimized corporate ladder and have all these companies. Like, I, I think I, I believe, like, like I'm an in-process guy, right? So it's not necessarily, and here's another cliche, it's not where you start, right? It's where you end. And to see somebody who probably has similar outlooks being around certain streets. And I grew up in the 90s when crack was every on every corner. Right. And to see somebody like that and how does he get to where he's at today? And it's, and it's not just about music. Right. There's something behind that machine that propelled him to do the things he's able to do. You know, to me, LeBron had a specific talent. Like LeBron had a talent that somebody was going to pay him an extraordinary amount of money because he was he was he, he was physically and genetically bigger than most of the people around him to have the skill sets that he had. So he was going to make money. He's going to he, he was going to get paid. But Jay Z is different. Jay Z, there's something that he came from a, a, what, what people say nowhere to become something. And I would like to see what that process was, you know. And you know, how many times did you fail, right? And we know successful people fail. All the time. I always say I only get successful once, but I fail every day because every right. day I'm not where I need to be. But eventually right. all these failures turn into success. You know, so you just got to keep going. Once you're in, you just got to keep going. So I would love to, like, listen and talk to him and just see, like, how did he take his situation, his personal struggles, and him doing what he was doing to the heist that he's at right now. But what, what did JV, JV say? I'm not a businessman. I'm a no, business I, 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 man. I, I like you ever heard the line? Man, yeah, you, you <laughs> absolutely. Out, I, mean, I like your explanations of why you would have these people at your table. But I want to circle back because you, you one thing you said was you knew someone who had a lot of properties and you took them to lunch. If some young expiring person, male, female, is like, Graves, David has these properties. Is, is that a good way to get to you, just to invite someone who's doing what you want to do and just say, hey, let me take you to lunch so I can pick your brain? Or did you use that technique with any others in your journey? Or do you recommend that sort of uh, taking the lunch strategy so you you can get to learn? And, and, and really, he gave you free consulting because you said he reviewed your business plan. And But where, where did you... How did you know to do that? Did that come from your experience as an agent, or you just said, let me just invite this dude to lunch because I know he's busy, or what was your thought process in, 
And, and that's where uh, I like Andre's question about the lunch as well, because is that so? Is that a good way to get to you? I, I would say it's one way, um, but here's here's what I understood being in sports. A lot of times you have to spread your own influence. A lot of times, like you you capture certain situations, and, and you realize being in sports, everything isn't in a corporate office. Deals aren't just done. You know, when I was in corporate America, everybody was like. Let's go golfing. I don't golf. I'm a basketball, football type of guy. I was not golfing. But little did I know, on the golf course was when all the deals were getting done. Deals are done, yeah. So it wasn't until, so I had I had all that time, which is where probably stumbled my career because that's, remember, no one was speaking for me. I didn't have any coworkers. But if I had went to some of these golf outings and learned how to play the golf, now I'm shaking hands with individuals who could speak for me. And I never took the opportunity to do that. And I thought it was always personal, me, me, me. Oh, you don't want to promote the black guy. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. But the reality is I wasn't in the circles that I needed to be in to do anything. Well, then I came into the sports career. And I realized sports were done, bars, clubs. You got your association with some of your players through the things that they liked. Not necessarily what you like. You don't mind being in the office. But they ain't coming to no office. They're, they, they don't have no care to meet you in your office. They want you to meet them where they at, where they go to. And then when you go, you kind of have to figure out a way to spread your influence because now it's about it's that, it's that sales game. It's that how do you, who likes who. So I've learned through sports that, Taking somebody to dinner and paying for it and, and, and buying somebody a drink and doing these type of things helps doors open because, one, it's not it, – it's, it's a calming it's, – it's a place where people get become vulnerable because now they're at ease. They're, they're comfortable. They, they don't have their guard up. So now you can start asking more intrusive questions and really start picking somebody's brain to help understand their psyche and help understand them. And then they, you can do the same, they can do the same thing to you. And then they, now you really know if you have similar interests. And one of the good things that I've always been able to do is because of my own personal experience in traveling, been places, I can find common ground with a lot of people. You know, somebody could say, Hey, yeah, you know, I remember when I was at the Eiffel Tower and I could come back and say, yeah, I've been to Eiffel Tower too, you know, or somebody could say, yeah, you know, my son plays uh, baseball and I said, hey, you know, I coach baseball for 12 years. Like there's something that I can find that I can relate to somebody and I can start the conversation there and then I can broaden it for whatever it is that, you know, that, that really is the interest or stuff like that. But Never underestimate what a what a drink could do or a meal can do, you know, um, or even a coffee. Take somebody a coffee and say, hey, you know, I say be out front and honest with them. Because even today, I don't have any coworkers. I don't have anybody that I'm, I'm with every day. So I have to go out in the world and actually make relationships. And you don't make relationships by sitting in your house. 
The postman don't come and give you an invitation to say, hey, there's this meet and greet down the street. Why don't you come on down? No, that's not what happens. you got to go out there and you got to go meet the people. opportunity doesn't knock on your door, right? It doesn't knock on your door. you got to go door. look for it. Yeah, <laughs> and then sometimes it. you got to spend some money. You know, sometimes right. you got to spend right. some money. Sometimes, you know, some things go a long way, you know. Uh, so a $100 meal and drink sometimes can get you – a fifty, sixty thousand dollar deal, mm. you know, or it'll open a door somewhere to help you further your business uh, interests. That's that's awesome. right. So, right. I learned that from sports. Uh, definitely, you got to spread I, your I like influence. That. It's like uh, never underestimate what a drink can do or a coffee can do. That's that. These are <laughs> these are some cool cool sayings. Uh, <coughs> and I want to I want to bring it to almost a closure. But if you if you had to uh, define your circle as a, as a parting question, what were the three things that you have in your business, your current enterprises that gives you your team? Everyone says you got to have a team. You you need a team, but no one really defines what that team is. What is that team that makes you and your enterprises set says maybe it's your mechanic, maybe it's whomever. Who's in your inner team that you would recommend anyone trying to do that entrepreneurial leaving corporate America, jumping in their own, how would you define your inner circle of your, your three must-dos, your foundational circle pillars? Um, I think Andre, Andre brought up before, he said, you know, you have a lot of skills where you can pivot and you can do this and you can do that, and it sets you up for success later. But I, I, I think the truth of the matter is I also don't try to learn the things that, there are other professionals out here who know. You know what I mean? I'm there, I'm not going to sit there and learn all the intricacies of accounting when I know I can just go hire a really good accountant, put him on my team, and I start building a relationship to where when I have accounting questions, I have a go-to mm. person to do those things with. You know, I, I feel the same thing with my, my real estate agent now. There are things that – there's no reason for me to go get – my real estate license, one, if I'm only dealing with my own property, but two, mm -hmm. I don't have to go learn that specific skill set, put myself through school, spend the money, and then the learning curve of becoming a professional in that area, that's not my, that's not my, that's, that's not what I want to do. What I want to do is I want to continue building my business. So I have mm -hmm. to be up here doing that and I let the professionals do their work. You know, as a contractor, I'm not going to go out and learn how to fix toilets. I mean, as a, as a real estate investor, I'm not going to go out and learn how to fix toilets, even though that's a mm -hmm. necessary thing that needs to be done. I'm going to go hire a contractor who can get in, get out. Yes, it's going to cost me money, but he's the professional. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what I try to do is I try to put a team together to where – I don't necessarily – I already go in knowing I'm not going to know everything. Mm -hmm. I want to do the stuff that I'm good at, and I'll let them do the stuff that they're good at. And we all mm -hmm. together, we have this good situation. They're making money off of me. I'm making money off of them, mm -hmm. and we're all moving in the same direction. So yeah. that, that's, you, that's where you have to look at your team. And it, I get everybody wants to cut costs. Everybody wants to do that, but – Sometimes there are quality people who are willing to help, 
but you you may have to pay for them. Sure. You know, you may have to pay for them to get you on the right track, you know, to, to start your business or start your situation in a way in which I, I, my attitude is this. I don't want no do-overs, right? I don't want to have to keep repeating of doing something because I won't pay the expense to get it done right the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come back to it. Once it's gone, it actually costs you more money later to come back to it and then fix Man. it than to just pay for it the right way yeah. at the very beginning. Absolutely. So I'm all about future costs and opportunity costs and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to go back. Let's just move forward. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I, I've I learned that the hard way. It's clear, again, you know, you know what you're doing. You've been doing this for a minute. Realizing what your capacities are, right, and leveraging those and letting others do those jobs that free up your time and that ensures it's done correct, another key to success. Last question I have here real quick. You mentioned you have a son. Let's fast forward. He's 16. He busts into the room where you're sitting down, sitting there, you know, kicking back and and enjoying the fruits of your labors. And he says, Pops, listen, I got to write a book. I got to write a biography uh-huh. about my father, right? I can't come up with the title of the book. I need you to give me the title of this biography that I'm writing about you. What's the title of that book going to be? Never underestimate the things you can do. Wow. That's nice. There it is. Wow. There it is. That's a great one. You know, because I, that's that's one thing I'm always teach him that what you know the sky is the limit, and regardless of who says what, you can accomplish anything you set out to do. So never underestimate who you are, what you can do, and how successful you can be at almost anything if you have a passion. Money will come. Don't yeah. worry about the money. Just, there just it is. engage in activities that's fulfilling to you. And live a life that way. Once again, thanks for for taking your time to talk to us. And uh, any parting words before we let you go? Well, I want to say thank you guys for your time and putting this together. And um, hopefully we'll be all doing things uh, in the future together. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. For sure. For sure.